0: Welcome
1: in, Blue Jays fans. It's another episode of Jaybird Bird watching. I am joined by Adam Corsair and Craig Borden. Wow, it's uh, hard to believe that uh, we finally made it to an episode where we can recap some actual meaningful baseball games, gentlemen. I know that the last few days haven't gone as planned, but uh, still feels pretty damn good, doesn't it?
0: It sure oh, as hell yeah. does, regardless of certain things that have happened. <laughs> Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like To say that a lot has happened, I think, is a little bit of an understatement because there is some announcements today that we will cover later on in the show where that wasn't part of the agenda when I texted you guys this morning. So you know what? Blue Jays fans will try to get through as much of it as possible and cover it in as much detail as we can. Uh, before we get into it, we are presented by Stadium Scene. Check them out. Great network podcasts all around. Uh, and uh, give our podcast five stars wherever you can find us. Download whatever you guys want. We want to engage with you guys, have you on the show, uh, and uh, contribute to our Patreon too. Uh, and you guys will have guest spots where you can come on and join us. Wanted to get that housekeeping out of the way.
0: There you go. Nice well, and all right. Sweep there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, it felt rather professional. Uh, I put on my professional voice, so I'm ready to go. Um, but yes. Uh, We have had six regular season Blue Jays games to this point. The sixth was today, uh, ended about a couple hours ago, um, and it was a loss. But I want to touch on the good of the last six days. And my goodness, wasn't that series at Yankee Stadium so much fun? Um, I know we'll recap the record predictions that we had for the first two series of the year. Um, I think, off by memory, uh, Craig, I think you had them going three and three. I think I had them going three and three, and Adam, I think you had them Focus. going four and two. There it is <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh was not expecting them to win the series two out of three at Yankee Stadium uh last weekend. Um, Adam, let's start with you on this one, man, like, I don't know where you want to go first, because there was a lot of good in that series. Like, you can touch on anybody you want. Hundred Ryu is fantastic on opening day. Marcus Simeon is off to a fantastic start. Randall Gritchick looks like a man playing possessed and out of his mind, knowing that there's a, another character coming off the injury list, hopefully soon, uh, in George Springer. Uh, and Julian Merriweather was just the talk of the first weekend. So, man, you have the the freedom to go wherever you want there, because that series was a ton of fun.
2: How can you not start off with Merryweather? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, it, this was uh, sort of, I don't want to say out of the blue for me, because w- when we captured some spring training action or at least glimpses of it, uh, we saw some pretty good stuff from him and all reports from previously when the trade was made, you know, sending Josh Donaldson away. Um, we th- Apparently, we were going to get someone that in a few years was going to be lights out. And lo and behold, here we go. Um He's just throwing gas, and the thing about it that I love is he was not intimidated by the moment. Um, Opening series, obviously, you're going to have some jitters. Obviously, you're going to have some, you know, some feels in you that may or may not interfere with your play. I don't want to, you know, put that on a professional athlete, but I mean, we're all human at the end of the day. And on top of that, you're doing this in Yankee Stadium, the same mound that Mariano Rivera pitched on. You know, this is this is a big deal. I'm sure baseball players are aware of this. Um, he was poised, he was calm, he was no bullshit trying to just win those games, and he did it. Um, I was very, very, very impressed with what we saw from him. I'm not going so far to say that he is our closer right now, I'm not quite there yet, and that's not an indictment on him, I just really like Romano, but... If anything should happen, knock on death that it doesn't. To Romano, we have a very, very, very good backup in that position uh, to close out some ball games. So I was encouraged with that. And secondly, and I don't want to steal anyone's thunder, Vladdy loved what I saw. Yes. Loved it. it. He was relaxed. This is the Vladdy that we are waiting for. Now he's not mashing it. Even though he had a home run, he's not mashing the ball or like being an offensive, you know, giant here. But he definitely looks like he's out of his own head. Um, even though he committed a, a pretty costly error today, um, he still looks comfortable at the position at first base. He doesn't look like he's trying too hard at the play. He looks relaxed. He's hitting the ball hard. Uh, he's getting some some uh, air on the ball. I, I was really encouraged by what I saw from him. Even though it's only six games deep into the season so far, you got to be happy with that. And someone like Vladdy, I feel, deserves to be coming out uh, guns blazing. So those are the two standouts for me.
1: Absolutely. Craig, I don't know which way you want to take it from there. I don't know if you want to go Merriweather or you want to go somebody else, but uh, follow that up with some thunder.
0: I'm going to follow Vladdy being Vladdy all of a sudden. this is The, mm-hmm. th- the first thing I'm going to notice for the first six games of the season so far is that Vlad Jr. looks like what I saw Vlad Jr. performance-wise in the minor leagues right now. The fact that when Vladdy is having fun at the ballpark, guys, you just know it's a completely different guy that you're getting in the batter's box. He is super focused, ready to go. And the fact that he has just been goofing around with the gang on the dugout like he usually does, I think it's insane that he's finally kind of looks like he's comfy 100%. And I think a lot of that is due to the spotlight being literally shared amongst a bunch of people at the moment. It's not just having him to be the guy on the show right now, right? And we saw that starting to come through. And I honestly, other than like Adam said for the defense today, that one miscue, he's looked like a very salvageable first base. And I'm actually kind of impressed. He's definitely looking very nimble over there, and then the bat obviously starting to do some talking. Unfortunately, like we, would, the offense has not been completely in sync yet. Anyways, but I think it's coming, so it's going to be very interesting to see. I didn't see the Julian Merriweather thing coming. I'll, ble- no. I'll be blunt. No. <laughs> I'll be blunt. I as much as I like Julian Merriweather and his stuff, and it is nasty. This is what ended up happening to me after me and my brother were talking about putting him on our fantasy team after he had that first close in Yankee Stadium on uh, was game two, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I'm like, if the Blue Jays, oh no, sorry, real, his first, sorry, save was the first, first game. game that yeah, was game. the first game. That's right. <laughs> so we were talking. I'm like, if he had, we needed one more closer. Is what it really came down to, just to get some saves in that category. And I'm like. I'm I'd, right now. I'd take a wild card and pick him because he does have the potential and the stuff to do it. But it was it right now is the question, right? Him doing that in Yankee Stadium that first game on Opening Day sealed the deal for me. It's Roberto Osuna in 2015 all over again. As much as I didn't want to bring that up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but. The fact that he came out and just was nasty in that second piece. I am like, I was saw him warming up in the bullpen for the close, and I tried to pick him up in my fantasy, and somebody else is a Yankee fan. Scoop me. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. So I was very intrigued and very amused by that. And then the fact that Marcus Simeon is emerging as a very big leader for this team early, and it's been very intriguing to watch with his third home run today against the uh, Rangers very good stuff and I think he's really solidifying that middle of the infield with Bo and it's gonna be very intriguing for the rest of the season
1: yeah no there's no doubt about it Marcus Simeon um, has been super impressive he was great at Yankee Stadium I don't know about you guys but I think one of those plays that go uh, maybe not uh, is not overlooked uh, from opening day but where he went into shallow right field and snagged that ball and just got over to Vlad in time, saved a run, maybe even two, if it got by Simeon. I think that was when Chatwood was pitching. It may have been Phelps. Uh, No, Phelps had the bases loaded, I think, and he got out of it. But regardless, Simeon's defense so far has been really impressive Um, from the very small glimpses I got to see of today's highlights um he made a very nice play at shortstop where he's playing today and that's his natural position um but yes yeah, simeon was fantastic um and to your guys' points on julian merriweather um it's going to be super curious to see the route that they take with him because we all know now what he can do when he's healthy like i think some, i think it was mike petriello or somebody from um StatCast broke down the differences in velocities in his three main pitches he can get his fastball up into the upper 90s sometimes even 100 I'm pretty sure his slider uh, gets up in the upper 80s and then his changeup comes in just below 80 miles per hour so it's yep. almost 10 mile per hour differences on his three pitches and they're all plus pitches So they're going to have to be careful moving forward to not have them re-aggravate anything. But my goodness, it was just an incredible start for Julian Merriweather getting two saves. I don't really, it doesn't really, I don't know about you guys and Craig, I don't know if you want to pick this one back up and then Adam. Um, I don't know if it really Bothers me to not have him anointed as the closer because I'm sure there's going to be times when Romano comes in in the ninth and gets a save and maybe in really big spots in the seventh or the eighth inning. That's when we'll see Meriwether moving forward. Once Delise gets going, I'm sure that'll be the same for him. And Another guy, even though his opening day outing was a little rough, David Phelps looks like he can be a high leverage reliever, too, early on. So, Craig, do you think that Merriweather will be anointed the closer if he gets another few save opportunities? Or just keep it fluid, because that seems to be the way of the new new age in managing bullpens.
0: I think for right now it's his job to lose. I really do, because they didn't really have anybody, you know, other than the fact that, okay, Kirby Yates went down. Who are we going to run with? And the fact that it was more or less is kind of handed to Jordan Romano, who has looked good, don't get me wrong, but um, it's nice to breed this competition in the bullpen. They're going to fight over those innings. I do do think it will come down to Romano and – Merryweather at this point, Deleese still screams Jason Frazier to me. Great setup guy, but he <laughs> yeah. has that piece where I just can't take that next thing over. I, you know, I don't want to – I'd rather have him in that Scott Downs role <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and let him just run into the last couple innings mm-hmm. um, and then have the big guy to come over and take over that last piece of it. And I think Merryweather's stuff screams – closer I still would love to see him as a a starting pitcher but if you're building him back up from you know innings and all that kind of good stuff like he's been doing don't even mess with it this year just let him keep running out there build up the confidence and just keep trucking through that freaking closer's role and if he does solidify it that much and he loves the high leverage it's even that much better. The Blue Jays will have somebody locked down if he continues on this trend. I'm not saying he's going to be infallible, but he's damn looked pretty damn close to that at this point. Um, to that thing you were mentioning about the differential between his changeup and uh, his fastball, yeah. 98.8 miles per hour to 80.1 miles per hour on the changeup. That's the same. And there's only one, about eight other pitchers that have had that kind of differential and it's pretty much animal Sanchez about nine times. <laughs> so, in different various seasons and um, funny enough, Mike Morin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we had him for about five minutes last year in the bullpen and then he got, went sent to the Marlins. I think he was the relief pitcher, but either way, it's still crazy at uh, the fact that there is that big of a differential on his uh, stuff, you know, but The bullpen is very interesting. I do think they have the makings of a great bullpen, even without Yates. Just makes you wonder how nasty it would have been if we had him at the end of this. (laughs) Just don't worry about it. It's over. You got to the sixth or seventh inning, and you're good is what it kind of feels like. I just hope that they can scrape up some of these innings for a couple other topics that we're going to talk about later.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Adam, what about you? Are you for keeping it fluid or are you more along the lines of give it to Merriweather and then the other guys in the bullpen can battle it out for other high leverage spots?
2: Yeah, just, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite there with him being anointed the closer and I, I I am for these situations, uh, to keep it fluid, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, not to be redundant, but it is situational. Um, I think Montoya still has Romano as his guy to close out games. Mm -hmm. Um, Happened yesterday. uh, He was in the pen warming up. Happened today. He was in the pen warming up just in case the Blue Jays were going to tie up the game. Um, I think it's if, if he can be put in those situations where the game is on the line, it's not that I don't trust Merriweather, but we have to understand that Romano had already pitched when merriweather was put in right right so romano was the guy that got the ball first in the last inning situation the closing of the game even though it was tied in both of those situations well not both of them but um the point is though is that if if you're looking at a one run game and the jays are ahead and you need someone to close out the game i think it's going to be romano at this point Mm -hmm. um that doesn't mean that you know maybe a situational with uh, depending on the position of the batter, left or right, it might make a difference to Montoyo. I, I'm not going to, you know, divulge into the X's and O's in that. But from what it seems, seems like in surface value, rather, is that Romano, as of right now, is the closer. Could that shift? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it would. But at least to start the season, Romano hasn't done anything to lose the job. Right. You know, if, if you recall uh, with Ozuna and Castro, I believe it was in 15 Castro was just erratic. He couldn't find the strike zone, whereas Osuna had control and he had a movement with his pitches. So Castro lost the closing job because in the beginning of the season, Castro was the guy. Um, So in this aspect, Romano hasn't lost the closer role. So I see no reason to move off of him unless Merriweather is dominating with his pitches, which it could happen.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, dude there, there was. Yeah, I just can't get over how fun that series was. It really was. I don't know. What did you guys end up doing on Thursday? Because it was a one o'clock game and we were all working. Craig, I know you just started a new job, so I don't know. Did you record it and watch it later and go blackout on your phone or what? Still what did you went do? blackout
0: again, just like did I did on opening day. Yeah. <laughs> and then today, because I was on a road trip, I actually, like you did, I think on opening day, I listened to the radio feed, which is super awkward. I'm not gonna, not gonna even be, you know, subtle about it. It. Listening to them, let's do the radio feed and talk about graphics that I can't see. Or they're like, oh, did you see the sync on that? And it's like, no, I fucking didn't. (laughs) I am listening to it on the radio. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Adam, what did you do? Did you have it on a monitor?
2: I mean, I work from home. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you could see behind me, let me see if I can shift my camera. Uh, The TV right there, I had it on today. Um, sorry I know my hands in the way the camera <laughs> Sitting on um, the laptop yeah I, I had it on today uh, on the television but um I had to pick up my daughter from daycare today so I, I was listening to the radio feed on the way that to close out the game on the way there um it's not even though yes Craig I agree with you that you know when they reference things that you're seeing um It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. You don't really get those sound effects and stuff from uh, switching up angles and stuff. You don't really get those swoosh things when you hear, like, the logo come in, the Sportsnet logo come in or whatever. I I wish they would at least
0: pipe in some of the ballpark noise or something. Yeah, I I can... Because it just sounds dead, you know? There's no... Don't get me wrong, I love Siddle, but there's only so much enthusiasm even he can bring to the whole thing, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't mind Buck's voice that much when it comes to a radio thing. Um, I, I think it's fine. It, it's it's not ideal, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, uh, game one, I had it on on my second screen on my on my computer, working from home. Of course, I was working. Yeah. Uh, game two, I was able to watch it on the television at night. Uh, and today, I just had it on the television behind me while I was working. So it it, it, it was fine.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I know uh, on opening night or opening day I went blackout um, and I made it uh, somehow uh, I've tried that in the past and have just been way too tempted to either check Twitter or check my phone or just see what's going on so I turned it off completely finished work did, ran a few errands got alcohol for the night and then turned it on around 730 and flipped through the commercials and I'm just so happy I did because just the mood that I had going before, uh, before going to bed was incredible Let's save some Hyunjin Ryu gushing for the when we start talking more specifically about the Rangers series because both of his starts to this point are worthy uh, of maybe his own segment and praise because he's been he's been off to a fantastic start, much better than the Hyunjin Ryu we saw start the season last year uh, at Tampa and against the Washington Nationals. Um, the only other guy I want to touch on in that opening series— is the guy who may have had two of the biggest hits in that series, and that's Randall Gritchick. And he continued that into the Rangers series for the most part. I can't remember if he got a hit today uh, or not, uh, but I know he no. at one point. Right, so he went 0 for today. Mm-hmm. But go, uh, going into the game, I'm pretty sure he was batting 500 or just below that because uh, it's after 14 one of his 14-game
0: hitting streak, technically. That right, to going it.
1: back to last year. That's right. But um, on opening day, He, in the 10th inning, hit that ball that almost left the ballpark and got over Judge's head in right field that led to the third run, and then he hit the two-run homer um, on Sunday, which propelled them and really was the bulk of their scoring. Adam, we're going to be talking about this later, so maybe don't bring George Springer into the equation in terms of him coming back at this point, because we don't know yet, but, I mean, could there be a little bit of a oh crap, I actually have to impress and play well because it's either I'm going to lose some playing time when Springer comes back or I need to do better than Rowdy Telez, who I'm sure we'll touch on later in this episode uh, for the wrong reasons. Um, It's early and we've seen some crazy good starts, especially from guys like Randall Gritchick in the past, a.k.a. Kevin Pillar. Um, But it's encouraging to see the start Randall Gritchick has gotten off to.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to downplay it. And, you know, we've been sometimes in jest and sometimes pretty seriously mm-hmm. uh, throughout the offseason. We we have been pretty harsh on Gray Chuck and wanting to him to be traded and using him as some sort of capital to get a starting pitcher. Um, I'm not unhappy with what I've seen, even in spite of today's offer from him, um, and that's to be expected in baseball. Um he seems like someone that is nipping at his heels and I won't say the guy swords Springer or Jinger or whatever you want to say. Um, if we're, you know, switching up the letters here, but um, I don't think Rowdy Telez has anything to do with it. Um, I don't think either are in danger of a roster spot. Honestly, um, if we're going to look at anybody that's in danger of a roster spot, it's probably Jonathan Davis or Trent Thornton. Um, but, he just looks like someone that's trying to prove his contract, right? Trying to prove his weight on the team. Um, I think that's human nature. You have someone that is coming in that is obviously, and this is no disrespect to great that is obviously better than him. And Springer is better than him for all intents and purposes. I don't think anybody would disagree. Um, you have someone that's better than you playing the same position. You are going to try to elevate your performance, um, as you should, and you should try to do that even without it. But, you know, having that extra sort of motivation does help. I don't know. I I, I am encouraged, and obviously it's good for the Blue Jays, despite losing a couple of handful of games, but I just don't see a a spot for him in the future, given the contract, right? People can say things about Jonathan Davis, and you don't see a future for him, but he's still way cheaper. (laughs) No great check, and he's not eating up salary, even though there's no cap in baseball. Um, I'll take the production. I'll take it. Use it as leverage to trade him. Sell high. But uh I, I just – this still doesn't dissuade me from thinking he's the guy to move.
0: Greg? I'm going to give you the opposite of that, ironically, Adam, because this whole thing with uh George Springer or whoever you said <laughs> a minute ago, Jan.
2: George Springer. <laughs> That's what it
0: is, yes. It's <laughs> only scared me. And – maybe he's going to end up being the, you know, just to keep Springer's bat in the lineup more, maybe he's going to have to DH more, which right now our DH spot has been of, you know, a black hole of offense with uh, Roddy Telez still looking for his first hit of the season. He had Joe Panick in there one game. And then, um, you know, we're just, it's been just, okay, shuffle and insert name here. Right. Um, would it be the worst thing in the world to be shuffling all four outfielders and then just find a bench spot to have, you know, Davis there just to be the defensive specialist at the end of a game or the steal a base like they did today, you know. Um, I really wonder how much of that is really going to play into this whole thing because if that's the difference between especially easing Springer in after these couple injuries, let Gritchick run out there. If he gets hurt, oh, well, who cares, right? You know, (laughs) if he's doing well, great. It's good, but right now without offense we haven't been getting from anybody else i figure that he's right now he would be the hot hand you would run with in the dh spot if you had that other name in the lineup so that's where i'm at on it and if you get something at least at that point if you get what you want for him in trade rather than just hoping to get a flyer and dump salary because right yeah. now yeah i'd rather pay him and have him as that contingency plan if springer is at least not going to be able to play center field I would rather have if an outfield right now, like we are having, than having to worry about the you know ramifications of having to see Teoscar play center field again, or having to worry about Lourdes, who has been looking great in left field since we moved him there last. Was it last year? Yep, last year. Okay, so I I don't want to mess with him. I really don't. And the only other person that's played center field regularly in this whole lineup is Davis or Gritchik And I don't think anybody's as much as we all like Jonathan Davis and what he's been doing that everybody's ready to hand him a job at center field. If, you know, For sure. there was things that continued happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but right now let the bat play period. And I think right now, if Springer was in this lineup, I don't think Gritchik's bats going anywhere the way he's been hitting.
1: Yeah, totally. And and again, that now could be because of uh, uh, an ice-cold performance from somebody who's looking lost at the plate. Maybe we'll talk about that as part of the Rangers series. But let's move on. Um, the Yankee series was a lot of fun. There's no dub- doubt about that. And honestly, after Monday, uh, the Rangers home opener, uh, and we got six and a third beautiful innings from Steven Matz, who just continued um, his good spring and rolled that into his first start of the season, save for, I think it was the fourth inning where he struggled for a little while to find his release point after that. And before that, it was just honestly masterful. It looked like. 2015 2016 and i think even 2018 stephen Matz, a guy who would be reliable could give you some really really good starts uh every so often and and a guy who can take the ball quite often be reliable i mean man if that's the kind of performance that we're gonna get from stephen Matz moving forward adam i mean that is just either credit where credit's due to pete walker for maybe going to the blue jays management and saying get me Steven Matz because I can fix him Uh, or to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro just be like, yeah, you know what? I think Pete can fix him. We're going to acquire him and give him this project to fix because I mean, at this point, how can you not uh, think that Pete Walker is a little bit of a miracle worker because Matt's looked broken last year. And I know that a lot of that was probably due to injury uh, and even the season before that, but still, if that is the mats we're getting, that is going to be huge moving forward for this rotation uh, in terms of some stability.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think I tweeted out during that game, uh, heads up, there's a pitcher for the Blue Jays pitching into the seventh inning. Yeah. Um, and uh, who, who would have thought that you would have seen that this early from someone that is so quote-unquote unproven or pretty much a reclamation project? Um, nine strikeouts, that's pretty good, right? And especially coming out for your first game with your new team, it's pretty good. And having that stability going into this, first of all, if he would have just pitched five, I would have been satisfied. I would have said, yeah. okay, let, let's not push it. You, you shown enough, but he went into the seventh. right? He pitched six and a third. Um, I was very, very confident. With his performance, um, i I be confident giving him the ball again, unlike some people, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, <laughs> it, it does alleviate the stress a little bit from the lack of sexy names in the rotation minus Ryu. Right. Um, it does make me feel a little bit more confident walking into the season saying, okay, it's not going to be... Uh, a, a two through five shit show, and we're just going to have to rely on our offense to to win ball games. Um, there is some stability there. There is some upside there. Now, I don't want to take anything away from the performance. I just praised it. How much of this has to do with playing the Texas Rangers, though?
0: Um, could be part of it. I think we saw it, over the last two games that it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean,
2: the, the the losses were close, though. It's not like the Rangers, like especially today. The, it's not like the Rangers blew us out, right? And, and even though, uh, well, I mean, yesterday's game we lost by three runs, but today it was only a one-run game. It's not like the Rangers were are this team that we should be fearful of. It, it could be, you know, more of the of shaking off rust. It could be that when we approach midseason form, we'll probably wipe the floor with these guys. We should be wiping the floor with these guys. Um. I just if we can see him pitch that way against, uh, I don't know if he's going to be lined up against LA. Is he? Is yes. He lined? on okay. Saturday. Oh, give me that matchup. If he could pitch like this on Saturday night against the Angels, I'll I, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the season. I know that's super hyperbolic, and all I know that is truly... trending
0: in the right direction. Is all I'm hearing, yeah. From Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's overreactive, right?
2: But at the same time, I don't want to give him any discredit, but. It was the Rangers. Give me something a little bit more salable, and we'll see if the performance can be up to par. It doesn't have to go seven innings. He doesn't have to give me nine strikeouts against the Angels. Just give me something solid for five, and if you can do that, I'm confident with the starts moving forward. Yeah.
0: So did you hear the crazy stat of who they compared Steven Matz to because of his Blue Jay debut? He was the... Oh. So let me lay it out, and then you can guess, and then I'll tell you if you don't figure it out. He is one of three Blue Jays to have either nine or more strikeouts in his Toronto Blue Jays debut. One of three, one of three. So there's two others. David Price was another. That's one oh, of them. that.
1: Yeah, Cause he struck out 11. We're going to Twi- go
0: back in time into the nineties here a little bit. <laughs>
1: as a, as somebody who
0: was born in the nineties, I'm going to need you guys to pick up the slack there. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm gonna give you a hint adam because you live kind of in the ballpark here of the area of where he started his career
2: He started in boston i think i know <laughs> it's not clemens is it it is so roger clemens, That's clemens? <laughs> oh my the
0: Rockets. Okay. Yep. apparently i even stumped our fans on our uh you know, here too. So that's fun that I got got everybody with that. Apparently, I'm the only one that wow. listened to the broadcast. <laughs> it blew my mind when I heard that because they said wow. that I think in the uh, eighth inning after he, you know, the bullpen obviously had taken over the game at that point. Somebody was digging deep into for uh, <laughs> for everybody to go for that one. I think, but but like like you said. How epic was David Price's debut? Obviously, this isn't the scale because it doesn't have the playoff clout or anything with it. But I believe did he throw seven innings? I think Brendan during that game. Uh, yes, I think In it his was. debut
1: it's seven. At, I think it was eleven or twelve twins he struck out,
0: and then 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 bought awesome bath rubs for all the Blue Jays <laughs> that looked like their jerseys. Yes, I to remember yes. those? <laughs> did he get a
2: motor scooters too?
0: Yep, I think he got something sure like he did. that too. David Price is a cool human being. Period. <laughs> <laughs> So, But, yeah, no, I I was very intrigued, but I'm waiting to see more. But at a, at a minimum, what this proved to me is they actually have a chance to get something good out of this. And it's not just a chance, I guess. It would be more than I – he's going to be an average pitcher in our rotation for the season. And there's going to probably be ups, there's going to be downs. But if this is showing anything, I would think that the way the Rangers have been playing the Blue Jays throughout the course of this series, that – he had to pitch well in that game, period, and he was dotting the eyes on the strike zone. <laughs> and There was things going very well, and um, his slider, guys, was or curveball or something yeah. it was just freaking out. It was it was insane how much hook he was getting out of that. So it was very cool. I was I'm I'm excited to see Stephen Matz play the Angels and see how he handles a lineup that has the Otani's, the Trout's, and company.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree, and I think. His start after that, since he's going on Saturday, he will miss the Yankees by one turn, so then he will face the Royals uh, next week, Thursday. So he will miss the Yankees again, and I'm not sure if that was done by design or not. Probably, because he's a lefty going up against a very right-handed dominant lineup. But still, I think I feel very encouraged knowing that it was just more of the same from what we saw during spring training. I would be a little bit more needing to wait and see uh, and, and hold out my judgment uh, if he struggled during spring training and went out there and it's just like, holy crap, this came out of nowhere, this Stephen Matz performance. It was a lot of what we saw in the spring, a lot of what people were raving about. So that gives me that gives me hope. And yes, this matchup against the Angels is definitely going to be tougher when you have guys like Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and, and I think Justin Upton still on the Angels. Um, Angels got some good hitters in their lineup. Now, I know their rotation isn't up to snuff, but if Matt's can continue to do that, and I don't know when we're going to see Robbie Ray come back, but it seems like he's close. And that kind of may have been alluded to-ish, other than the fact that Charlie Montoyo did not uh, not cement his rotation order past Ross Stripling tomorrow. So there is a chance that maybe because uh, he's eligible to come off tomorrow, that Robbie Ray could start. a catch that I Friday. heard
0: today. I don't know if you heard, but he, apparently What's he's that? pitching a sim game tomorrow in Dunedin when the team's back there. Always. Oh, so he will game. not be pitching this next series, but that would make him eligible for the, what the, that would be the Yankee series, the series after, correct?
1: Okay, yes. So that could, they maybe they'll just stick with it. But who knows? Who knows the direction? They want to they
0: evaluate go. his bounce back after he does uh, 75 or something, so pitches tomorrow was the idea. right? That makes sense. That makes sense,
1: but yeah, if Ray can continue to do what he did during the spring, and hopefully his his elbow bruise doesn't derail that, I don't think it should because it's not like it's a structural thing. Um, and Matt's continues to do that with what Ryu has gotten off with their start. Ryu's gotten off to. So imagine what can happen when Nate Pearson or Thomas Hatcher back, yeah. and hopefully that leads to the departure of the next topic of conversation. Um, because yeah, Matt's start was game one. Um, and after they had won Game One and start a three and one, I'm like, okay, they should start four and two. But I was not expecting a win last night uh, with Tanner Roark on the mound. And Craig, we have a Tanner Roark problem, and I know that's why you named the episode title "What the Roark" uh, or whatever. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> saying with the
0: enthusiasm back. that I meant, Brendan. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, <laughs> exactly. But so I'm going to pull up his graphs page here because. Last night, I was the so look. I was willing to give Roark a bit of a pass for last season because it was a weird year. It was a weird year for a lot of pitchers. It was a weird year for a lot of hitters. Just the starting up in spring training 1.0, ramping it back down, starting back up, and you only had uh, Roark made 11 starts. They were not good uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and he gave up 14 home runs in 47 and two thirds innings. I'm still. Remark it's I'm, I'm still blown away at the fact that he managed to pitch 47 and two thirds innings given the outings that he had last year but this was just more of the same from 2020 to 2021 with Tanner Roark last night three innings five earned runs all the runs come off of home runs three home runs hit off of him. The only thing that I will say to try to be fair to him is the defense behind him did not help him. He should have been out of the uh, inning before. the. I think it was the home run to Nate Lau to make a 3-0. And then there was another misplay in the outfield, I believe it was, that led to another home run. But regardless, Roark did not control what he could control. And that just led to completely unraveling. And I just don't know where you go from here. Craig, I don't know if you have any thoughts or gave that some thought last night because you signed him to a two-year deal. So this is the last year of his deal. Um, $24 million bucks. It's not a small chunk of change, but by st- by by quality Major League starters, that's a little bit on the cheaper end, uh, $12 million a year. What do you do? Because I'm not so sure they're willing to just cut bait with him, but at the same time, I'm sure there was some internal discussions last night to be like, okay, this is the exact same guy it was last year. It has not improved after one start. Maybe he gets one more on Sunday against the Angels, and then if he completely implodes again, what do you do?
0: I think it's simple. Kill him. Get him out of here. I don't want to kill the whole kill project. <laughs> no, I, mean, I meant to kill the project. Kill it, not him. <laughs> ZZ, just kill him. We need to no. <laughs> endorse violence on this podcast. I don't know why I just went like full, like, go, uh, what was it? Bill Murray and Caddy Caddyshack there. For, for, kill all the golfers. Don't worry about it. No, the brown furry things yeah, kill the Roark experience. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Kill the whole, I just can't take the idea of even having him start, but the only, and the sad thing is I, like you said, Brendan, I was ready to give him a pass to a certain point last from last mm-hmm. year and whatnot and run into it. And the only excuse I can even think of is the fact that maybe he got more time in with Danny Jansen last year. And the fact that he had Alejandro Kirk as his backstop last night was the one catch in the whole pit, you know plan here, but because the fact that you know Jansen was going to catch Ryu today. One way or the other. He was not going to. So that became Alejandro Kirk's backup day to catch Tanner Roark. But then again, this is also the reason Tanner Roark, you're the guy on the bottom of the pole here for the yeah. you know, positioning here. I'm sorry to say you're going to pitch to the backup catcher probably no matter what organization you pitch in right now because <laughs> it probably isn't going to be this one much longer. The only thing I can think of is maybe give him a chance to catch with Danny Jansen and see if you get something out of it is the only possible try it thing I can think of. The thing that just concerned me the most about the whole with Kirk catching him, though, it was not Kirk's fault for any of those stolen bases last night. Mm. Roark did not do anything to care about anybody as far as holding runners on. He walked guys and then they were automatically standing on second and guys that aren't even fast. That was the thing that was killing me. The one guy that they showed, I can't remember who it was. It might've actually even been Nate Lowe, who's I'll say above average, but he's definitely not like, you know, he's not Jonathan Davis to give you the comparison or anything, but him stealing second base and him being halfway to second base before Kirk even has a chance to even start popping up because he does not even have the damn ball yet, <laughs> there's something wrong in that equation. And if he can't even do the small things right, how is he going to do the, the, the proper things right? Holding a base runner on his Major League Baseball pitcher caliber, like part one, right? And then worry about getting the ball to the plate. <laughs> so he's got to do something. And I don't, I don't see where he fits in on this team at this point. Because I'd, right now you're going to get at least the same quality that we just saw in the start out of a rookie. I don't even care right. which rookie. Throw somebody out there, and it will happen. I think that it's either going to be that same thing, or it's going to be better. I would even go to the point of uh, who? What was the kid? Manoa. No, the Rule Five draft. Oh, Got Luciano. It. I would almost give him starts right now over Tanner Roark. Not even kidding. I wouldn't even question it. <laughs> just because he's hungry enough to actually care, I think. That was the other thing. It just seemed very, like, you could just see him getting more and more angry about it, which almost pushed his whole mind out of it.
1: Right. Adam, how many more starts are you giving Tanner Roark? Because for a team that is planning on contending this season and making the playoffs, maybe challenging for the division, but you're going to need to at least contend for a wild card spot. Um, with the way Tanner Roark pitched last year and started his season last night, I don't know how you can expect a win whenever he's on the mound. So how much longer are you riding it out with him?
0: Um,
2: maybe one more. And if, if you want to go a little longer, um, and again, I, I don't want to bury the lead when it comes to Springer, but assuming you're going to have a healthy offense, a fully healthy offense, maybe that can mitigate the issues a little bit, but you can't really rely on that nor should you. Um, I just, okay. On the one hand, when when things break down for the Blue Jays outside of Tanner Roark, we say, okay, it's early, we can't overreact. Mm. Um, I'm not saying we should lend Roark the same courtesy, but at the same time, it is just one start. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I just sort of previously shit all over the the Rangers saying, well, it's the Rangers, so, you know, we should be trampling this yeah, team. yeah, yeah. They did trample Roark, to their credit. Um, I'm not going to take anything away from that. I'm not at the point where I'm just like, he's dust after one start. Mm-hmm. If it happens again against the Angels, you sort of have to have this balancing act of, well, the Angels, I mean, their offense is projected to be pretty good. Um, how much of that is Roark? But at the same time, he can't be a liability for this team to win ball games if they're going to compete for the division. Um, or a wild card. Even the alternatives are there. You have K, which I'd be very much for having Anthony K in this rotation as of right now. Um, so I say just give him one more start. Give him one more start. See what it is. You can pull him early. The bullpen has been pretty good.
0: Yes. Um. So if, we even saw Trent Thornton.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean,
0: yeah.
2: it could be better <laughs> than Roark. Um But if you're gonna if you're gonna utilize that, you you have him on a short leash. If he looks like he's giving up, you know, meatballs up there within the first two innings, you got to pull the trigger. I think he just pitched three right against. All right, that might probably realistically
0: should only be maybe one and a half though. Yeah, exactly. He gave up what three, four in the first inning. Yeah,
1: four, and it was
0: four home runs total though, right? Three,
1: Uh, three.
0: It was three total, five at least a two run (laughs) guy. Yeah. (laughs) um either way so see how quick i pushed it out of my mind i didn't even want to think about that anymore just i know
2: i i would i would just give him one more start and if if he if he performs the same way that he did then you gotta you gotta eat it you gotta eat that money and and then we can just kill him
0: Thanks for not letting me get away with that. (laughs) Yeah. The whole project. I'm done with it. (laughs) Experiment failed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: no, this experiment has failed. Look, going back to the signing of Roark in 2019, even before Ryu, I think most people could rationalize it. I think people realized he was coming off a pretty bad year with the Athletics um, and the Reds. he gave up a lot of home runs that season, uh, but he was only a season removed from being a serviceable back of the rotation arm, and he's a guy who's durable. You know, he's going to make his starts. Like it's not like he's throwing these crazy sliders and curveballs. Like his arm's durable. Um, so, go looking back when they signed him. Um, I understood the signing at the time. I'm not sure I understand the money aspect mm. of it. Like it's it is a significant chunk of change, but at the same time, I guess for a guy that they were probably expecting to get maybe in between 160 to maybe even 200 innings because he calls himself the, the diesel train uh, and can continue going. And for a guy who doesn't throw hard uh, and doesn't have very good stuff, you can do that uh, and go out there, kind of like Mark Burley, uh, was just go out there, even Tommy Malone, who looked really good last night, just guys who can go out there, locate, throw slop, they can give you innings. Uh, they may not be good. They might be about four runs over five or five runs over five, but it keeps you in a game. Giving up five over three does mm-hmm. not keep you in a game. And if Roark went back out there for the fourth or the fifth, it would have been probably seven, eight, nine, nothing. I'd trust his fastball one bit like that by I far. That he trusts it. He, <laughs> I don't even know if he does because that's the best. The pitch that consistently got hit out last year. It's flat. It's like 90 miles an hour. The only pitch that looked good last night was his curveball where he was able to get it over from time to time, but it's just not consistent enough, and he's not good enough at hitting his spot. So yeah. all in all, I think I'm with you, Adam. I I think he for sure starts on Sunday. I don't even think that's a question. Um, once Pearson and Hatch are ready to go, I think Hard the closer, closer they get the temperature on Roark's uh, on Roark's job uh, continues to heat up. But if he goes out and throws another clunker and it's another five runs in three innings or worse, um, I just don't know how you can justify it. I don't know. Maybe you send him to the bullpen uh, and just have him as a long man. But even then a long man, three innings, he just gave up five runs over three. So there really is becoming no home for Tanner
0: Roark. And,
1: It, it's yeah, I don't know, it, and it is a problem to me. I'm not sure if you guys agree with this, so Adam, I don't know if you want to run with this, but I think if he goes out there and has a respectable start against the Angels, and maybe he puts a couple together, but there's never anyone that's overly good, but five innings, four, four or five runs per. <sighs> I I can, I I can see him lasting on this roster until at least Victoria Day or Memorial Day, just because, in my mind, he was very vocal last year about how he was used. And to me, it would just be bad practice, in a, in a way, to just kick him to the curb right after you sign him to this deal, and you don't even allow him to really get going. Because he's you know that as soon as if you cut him after just one or two starts, he. Any free agent that he talks to you about his experience in Toronto he's like, yeah, it was terrible. Like, I hate it. I don't go there. They they pulled me early. They did all this crap. So that's where I'm conflicted, and I'm not sure if you feel the same way or not. Maybe you feel the front office should be like, yeah, get out of here.
2: Yeah, I'm not concerned. Uh, who who's out there looking for <clears throat> Tanner Roark's advice? about signing with Toronto. Like, who is consulting? They're going to look for Springer,
0: yeah. who's having a freaking riot, is sitting on the bench yeah. right now talking with Loris Gurriel Jr. <laughs> apparently about the geography of the United States is what Hazel Mays said. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was Alabama. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I think it was Alabama. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that at all. Look, I do partially agree with you there. There, there are some things that I can extrapolate from that. I, I do think that maybe after two starts, and again, we're being hyperbolic, we're saying a lot of these things in jest, I don't think we should just get rid of him. Um, I just don't think he should be a member of the starting rotation. Look, if if they're serious about winning games, it's not about people's feelings. It's not about... You know, people saying, oh, well, we invested $12 million into you, so I guess we have to keep you on the roster. If you're not winning games, you are hurting the team. It's not 2017,
0: a, 2018 anymore. I'm right, sorry. It right. would be nice to act. This team has the potential to be one of the best teams in Blue Jays history. Let's start pushing the needle a little bit here, and it includes like you're going at. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, no. I, I just think that when it comes to having players on your team, it, it, the GM's job is to field or at least have available for the manager the team that's going to win ball games, right? And Tanner Rourke is going to inhibit that process. You as a GM aren't doing your job to make this team better. You are, you are just settling for mediocrity at that point. And I I don't think that is Ross Atkins' uh, mo. So, cut him completely. DFA. That might be a stretch, and I I think it's a bold move. And if they do that, that is a stamp right there that this Blue Jays team is not tolerating any bullshit, which is great. Um, yeah. But if they say, look, we're going to transition you to a bullpen role because we have invested so much into you, so we're going to see what you have in that way. We're not this just going to put up or shut up, up at that point.
0: Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. As a starter
2: right now, you have to earn your next start. Yeah. And if you, if you give us a reason to not earn that spot, or if you give us a reason that you shouldn't be in this rotation, we're certainly going to take notice in that, and we're going to capitalize on it.
0: I think I had one of my most popular tweets in a long time. And it was, a, it was, I literally put out yesterday during the game. I said, no one would have thought that I would have ended this evening by saying, Tommy Malone stopped the bleeding in this game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <right>? yeah. <laughs> it was just like crazy to me. It's true. Yeah. yeah, He did pitch pretty well, actually, Malone. I was, I impressed. was impressed. For one, he had three innings, one earned run. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what So it is. that would be your argument for putting him in the bullpen. Is he better than somebody like Tommy Malone? No. <laughs> no yeah. I mean, I'm sure
1: uh, to, to both of your points, that's probably the next logical move when somebody gets healthy, whether that's Ray. Maybe they're saving Ray for Sunday. See, if he bounces back from a sim game tomorrow, uh, and maybe he takes Roark's spot, and they're like, we can't, just can't afford to have you in the rotation anymore. But. At the same time, I'm sure they maybe have a set number of starts where they can be like, okay, this is enough of a sample size to start the season where we know it's not going to get any better. Um, But, again, there was nothing last year to suggest that it could be better.
0: I have a good uh, interjection here from the Twitterverse. Oh, sure. We should get rid of him just like how the uh, Rangers got rid of Odor. I mean, stink is what he put him as. (laughs) <laughs> Just trade him. Well, I mean, <laughs> would I trade him? Yes. Uh, well, who's going to take him? Would be the question. Exactly. I'm surprised the Yankees had any use for odor. I mean, odor. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, like talking to Rich, they did get a, a couple prospects back, which yeah. you know they're not anything that jump off the page. But at the same time, it's, it's a better roll of than dice. letting him. Yeah, letting him walk for nothing. And the 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 catch to that is that the Rangers are eating. The All entire contract. Yeah. So it, it's a free thing for the Yankees. So at that point, you're getting literally free depth. So yeah. you might as well capitalize on it. For but a team that's going to definitely
0: be pushing the playoffs.
2: Yeah. If, if the Blue Jays were like, yo, we'll, t- we'll cover a salary, give us two lower level prospects for Tanner Roark, you're, pro- you're not going to get that. Yeah.
0: But if some team was willing to, do, yeah, <laughs> yes, let's do that. Maybe we can get now. Brett Wallace back for a third time. Why the fuck not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not? You know, the one team I think would be stupid
1: enough to do that would be the Rockies. So they should call up the Rockies and, and be like, sure. hey, give us one guy in the lowest low of A or your worst like double A prospect and, yeah. and I would take even take Tanner their cast off right
0: now. I wouldn't even. Who who do the Rockies just want to burn and get out of a freaking town? Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, they uh, they definitely have some bad contracts on their book so you never know what could happen but uh, yeah another it's a problem international no bonus
0: that. money did somebody give us some money on that too that was another yeah. one from the twitterverse too yeah.
1: yeah that's true just true internet bonus money whatever it is if you can find something to not give away for nothing um that well, we would be
0: fine <laughs>
1: <laughs> um I know we're starting to run a little bit longer. We have some topics uh, of conversation to get through. Um, you guys want to touch on Hundron Ryu quickly because I think it, he deserves uh, his own little bit of a segment uh, before we run through some other ones. Ryu on opening day, as we mentioned, went five and a third. He struck out five. Uh, the impressive thing to me was that after giving up the home run to Gary Sanchez, he just locked it down right after that. And Ryu had a tough start early. I believe it was in the second inning, maybe the third inning where he gave up both of the runs. And again, he locked it down and give up another run. He had the bases loaded with no out in the seventh inning of this game. Blue Jays down 2 nothing, and he got out of it without giving up a run. Um, the start Ryu's off to um, is the guy I thought we were getting, and I know he showed that uh, so many times last year, but... Just the start to the season alone just has me so much more encouraged that we might be on the verge of seeing the Dodgers hunjin Ryu, because last year he started some really, really good games, but his pitch count would always get really, really high going into the fifth or the sixth inning, which was really why he didn't go into the seventh. But today, quick innings, even the two the inning where he struggled. I'm pretty sure he ended the seventh inning with what, like seventy five pitches, so maybe even good. eighty. Something I'm pretty sure was under 80 pitches, so it's like, yeah, no brainer. Of course, he's going back out there for the for the seventh inning, and that's what he did as a Dodger. So, Craig, from what you've seen from Hunchin Ryu throughout his first two starts, both really, really good. Um, are you do you believe we're we're about to see the Dodgers version of Ryu? Because I think we didn't see that true Dodgers version of Hunchin Ryu last year.
0: This is a guy that competed for a Yun. That we've seen these first two starts. Literally a gold star in the standard for what pitching should look like, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just it was a thing of beauty it really was it was a, one of the best opening day pitching performances i've seen by a blue jay in a long time and just to see him do that same thing well okay to listen to him do that today when i was listening <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You know, <laughs> um it was very fun and um i think it's more to look forward to for the blue jays fans and uh even last year yeah we might not have seen it in a you know collective like full-on piece right but he still had a similar stat line for when you yep. if you shrunk it down to 60 game you know season from those previous years with the dodgers so i think we've been getting what we paid for from hinge and rio and we actually might be getting a little bit more at this point if he continues to do this kind of stuff we need to score some damn runs and give him some more yeah. wins because right now he should have two wins
1: yeah totally adam what about you
2: yeah talk about another player that uh pitched into the seventh actually pitched a full seven yeah today You know, minus the home run allowed and, you know, the two runs, he was phenomenal. He looked great today Um, and opening day against the Yankees, too. Um, I think the Blue Jays, right? And and again, this speaks, this is indicative to what we were talking about heading into the spring and the confidence that we had in him as the leader of the rotation. It's almost like, even though we lost today, and again, credit to the Rangers, even though we lost today, um, he's reliable. He's mm-hmm. one of those guys that you just don't have to worry about the start. It's sort of like a kickback and relax and watch. And we really haven't had that maybe since Price and before that Halliday. Yep. Um. So it, it, to me, it, this is just um, confirming our uh, confidence in him leading up into the season. Um, I like the aggressive approach. I, I think in the first game, he only pitched five innings, if I'm not mistaken. Five um. There you go. Okay, so... At that point, I was thinking to myself, all right, this is typically what we're going to see out of Ryu from Montoya. And maybe it is legitimately just a pitch count kind of thing. But it, it, it was today seeing him go seven with seven strikeouts. I'm thinking to myself, OK, this is if we can get this sort of dominant performance and have the leniency to go deep into a ball game, uh, And it, it, it's still a relatively close game. It was only, I think, a one run game come the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. Um Sure. That, that to me, is get, screams confidence. We're going to need that type of performance to sort of, I don't want to say uh, maybe inspire the rotation, but to have that for the team and say, hey, we got you with the offense once it's fully healthy, uh, you got to love it. So I think this is what we were expecting, especially Dodgers Ryu. I think this is what we're going to see uh, moving forward. Knock on desk, nothing happens, but I don't think we have any reason to think that something will. It's nice yeah.
0: to have a legit ace.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. For the first time in a while, it is nice to have a legit ace. I know that Marco Estrada pitched like an ace for through times during his Blue Jays tenure, and even Jay Hop too. But they just don't have the name. They don't, didn't have the name clout that Hunjin Ryu has around the major leagues. Everybody's talking about him. He's on top ten lists. Everything. It's really nice to see that for the first time. Probably since Halliday, because Price or David Price was acquired midway through the season, so that you didn't really see those offseason top 10 lists of starters. So, uh, you're absolutely right, uh, both of you. It is exciting, encouraging. He goes again on Monday uh, against the Yankees, which should be fun in Dunedin. Uh, a night game, too. So, we'll be able to watch where you start um, and not have to deal with work or radio or TV, be able to kick back and watch it. Um, but, yeah. There's other stuff that I want to touch on quickly, and and maybe we can do these as more of a quicker segment because Mm. um, the first topic of conversation, there still isn't too much information out there about what the injury truly is. Um, And it was a kick to the stomach today, that's for sure. Um, Seeing that... George Springer was looking like he was going to get activated for the home open model swinging, taking live BP looking good, looking healthy, um, pain free is what some people were saying to only find out today that yesterday when he was running around the bases that he pulled a quad or something and it just did not stop bothering him. Uh, and the fact that he had to go for an MRI to see what was up, um, that sucked. Uh, there's no other way of saying it. it it's bad luck. Um, I know some people that are not true Blue Jays fans were replying to Wilner and replying to other beat writers saying, ha I knew this would happen because it's only the Blue Jays, but no, it's bad luck. It sucks. And there's nobody else that would rather be out there more than George Springer. You've seen it from the way he's been on the bench. So Craig, I don't know. Like we don't, we don't know much at this point. We don't know how much longer he's going to be out for. I'm pretty sure it's safe to assume he's not getting activated tomorrow. Maybe he mi- might miss the homestand. He could miss the angel series, whatever it is. Um, we, are you optimistic that this could be something that just needs a couple days or are you a little worried that this could be a little bit of a longer term thing?
0: My assumption is that what we were talking about is still like a minor thing and that MRI was still more precautionary to make sure it wasn't something worse than anything but right um it is obviously a scary thing but i'm still in the school of thought of i don't care how long it takes get him 100 percent. we have enough to hold over and batten down the hatches here for the time being it's one thing if some other people start getting hurt and we don't have the backup to be able to take care of some of this stuff in the outfield um but right now i don't care i just hope he gets right and uh, we see him in the next couple weeks here period
1: <laughs> adam
0: quad injuries tend to linger
2: right um i I believe josh donaldson had problems with his quad quite a few times and those were um reoccurring events um i hope that's not what's happening and so obviously i agree with you craig i want him to be a hundred percent that being said um i feel like as blue jays fans we've seen this song and dance before (laughs) when it comes to injuries when it comes to precautionary mri uh, we'll
0: let you know the results. And then we just, we never know. Right. And they
2: just say, Oh, it's still, it's still a quad injury.
0: And then, or he just all of a sudden appears in uniform that day. It's gone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that, you know, uneducated, not doctor, not in the medical staff, just historically as a blue Jays fan, don't be surprised if you don't see him till May.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I saw a few people say that today and I thought that could be true. Uh, And you know, to, to your point, Craig, and, and Adam, you agree with it, get him healthy. It's making the decision easier to do that with the way Gritchick has started. Yes. Um, so right out of the hot bat, you know Randall's going to cool down at some point. You also know that Tioscar and Lourdes are going to heat up, so that will level everything out. Uh, but yeah, I think the decision's a little bit easier. I'm, I, I, I'm not so optimistic that we'll see him this homestand, but maybe... Uh, for the next road trip to Kansas City and Boston um, starting next Thursday. Um, But again, we don't know anything. So that's why I I thought this would be more of a little quick hit thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with George Springer. It just sucks. And and I know that everybody on Blue Jays Twitter, it was a collective gut punch. Uh, We were all getting so excited to see him. He was clearly excited to come back and play. He's having a blast in the dugout with these guys, clearly fitting in with his teammates. Um, But yeah, it's too bad. Um, um just other... to
2: interject real quick, yeah, yeah. D- don't, don't be surprised if it's that West coast swing. Oh,
1: which one? That when that is it?
2: Oakland and then Houston. Oh, <laughs> Could you imagine? don't be surprised if it's that West coast swing. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, here's what, here's why they've already said that when they go back to Dunedin, they're also going to start vaccinating people. Right. He's going to be the first he is. Oh, and bro. they said they were going to stagger. They're already He's anyway, be the first, right. <laughs> and so if he has a, a not to say this is not discouraging people from getting vaccinated. It's just the facts about vaccines, uh, specifically this one, rather. There are a sort of uh, side effects or symptoms after the fact that you might be a little run down. They're going to give him rest after that, too. So you don't want to bring him back from this. Then he gets his second dose. Then he has to take more time. Let him have it
0: right. all at once. Just Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like keep an eye on that West Coast. That's not a that's not a bad
1: call at all actually now that i think about it because yeah they are opening they are, they can go get vaccines starting tomorrow i guess they're probably getting close to being landed in florida probably already are um but yeah that's a good thing about them returning to dunedin um so this probably this other topic before we get into picks the click and reviewing all that stuff and making our predictions for the homestand um before we record next wednesday um probably deserves a longer conversation than we're going to give it. Um, But Ross Atkins today, uh, uh, Blue Jays announced that he had signed a five-year contract extension. Um, I don't know, Adam, you want to take this one first? Uh, We can expand on next week. It's your week. I don't want to tell you what to do, what not to do, but maybe it's a longer conversation for next week. But um, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that? uh, Because I didn't pay too much attention uh, to the reaction of Blue Jays Twitter. Um, so I can't really chime in on if it was a uh, sense of excitement, um, or kind of like the Charlie Montoya news where it's kind of like, oh, okay, uh, that's fine. Um, so I, I, I don't know what were your, uh, initial thoughts when you saw Atkins five year extension,
2: not surprised, uh, given the fact, didn't Shapiro Chip- get uh, an extension earlier? This parallels it. Yeah, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It does not surprise me at all. They're, they're attached at the hip. Um, and it, outside of that, I'm not saying this is has anything to do with favoritism or whatever, or nepotism at, at all, even though they're not family. Um, I, I do think that <laughs> the response from Blue Jays fans was overall good. I mean, I think they rec- I think we're beyond the whole Shatkins thing, right? I, I think so. we're, we're beyond that now, given the product that we've been getting, and g- given the fact that they've landed both Ryu and Springer uh, both in two years. Um I'm satisfied with it. I see no reason not to, especially seeing as though that this regime has built what we are seeing right now with more to come. So they probably want to see the fruits of their labor. They obviously don't want to pass that off to someone else to see it inevitably just blow up, probably, because that's what people do when they come in new new hires. Um, I have no problem with it. I have confidence in it. My one gripe with Blue Jays fans is that they still can't get let go of Anthopolis. Ugh, For some reason, they just can't get over it, and they say to themselves, "Oh, Anthopolis was better." Well, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you if that's <sighs> your if that's your attitude because it, he's not coming back. So you can hold on to the 2015 year and this, and even though 16 was still Shapiro and Atkins, you can hold on to 2015 all you want. It was very special, but at the end of the day, it's time to move on from that. So I'm satisfied with the signing. I see no reason not to. I see no reason why fans shouldn't be confident in uh, their ability to have a good product on the field. I'm cool with it.
0: Craig, I think I have a uh, perfect summarization on the beginning of the you know, quote unquote Shackens era right now from our uh, fan Tyson on the uh, Twitter feed here. Um, We didn't have to sign the bringer of band-aids back. Just saying. Yeah, (laughs) I took his nickname that he gave him and added that little piece about we didn't eat that giant contract like the twins are going to all of a sudden be dealing with now. Who is once again on my fantasy baseball team and once again hurt? (laughs) Is it his calf
2: or is it his quad?
0: Uh, Calf, calf. I think
2: calf. There you go. He's been having that issue since 2016. Uh, Uh, Why do I insert Brett
0: Laurie? Rant right now. Yes. Right? <laughs> the yeah. turf killed me. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I, I it's perfect. I, I, this is one of those things that this is so, shows how good of a job they've been doing. Right. And building this prospect pool up to the point where we are starting to see the wave one, really starting to run at the major league level and that we're only going to probably see continuing waves of this is, which is what they've been preaching the whole time. It's a process it's a process. We're going to build a contender with these waves of just ridiculous prospects. And the fact that we have a bell in our fricking minor league system now too, is like perfect. Right. So it's just continuing <laughs> that same model throughout years. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think it just matches, and it's one of those things. Is that if you were going to hold on to Atkins, I mean uh, Shapiro, why aren't you going to hold on to Atkins? Mm-hmm. They are the pairing. They've been doing great. Let's let them run with it. And like uh, just to, to clarify, Blue Jays Twitter, we're not drinking a Kool Aid from anybody or anything here. <laughs> so, but we've been watching this minor league pool improve over the years, and now it's just it's really budding into something special. And I think the Blue Jays fans really can take a look at our minor league system and still continue to see guys like Vlad Bijo and Bo coming Mm. And it's only going to improve this team because guess what? We already have Vlad, Bo, and Biggio. <laughs> so yeah. it's only going to get better, and the pitching will come along, too, is part two of that part, I think, too, is what I think the real big part of the next wave is is with Richardson, Manoa, and company like that, obviously, with Nate Pearson coming here hopefully soon, too. So they've built a great team. Let them keep running with it and keep following this through, and uh, hopefully it leads to, in the next five years, not just one World Series a couple again. That would be great to be the only other team that can have back-to-back, back-to-backs like the Yankees, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: As long as it doesn't lead to a 22-year playoff drought, if they win back to back again,
0: <laughs> I don't see how in the hell that could happen. And you guys are looking at this minor league system. Yeah, you got guys that would be playing in rookie like Bluefield if we still had it. You know that are going to be good this year, and it's just insane the fact that our minor league system in general in baseball doesn't have that ridiculous depth like it used to. It's kind of insulting on that, but that's not the that's not on Atkins and Shapiro. That's on some other jackets that I don't like, Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> I want <laughs> listen. No, go ahead. Good, ahead. Right. No, go. no, no, no. I
1: was just saying, I wonder who. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was going to say, I'd be okay with two World Series in a row and then a 22 playoff drought. I'd be
0: actually, okay that's with probably sure. You just want to I'll, be able I'll to have, a, a I want to see that hat that has like yeah. a Blue Jay logo on it with a back to back 92, 93, and then, yeah. you know, whatever 2000s, 20s this year here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd be actually, very much okay with that. I, I would make that trade too. <laughs> Especially if it came in like the next year or two. <laughs> that would be swell. But uh, Craig, you nailed it with the waves comment. And um, it, the wave one is here uh, in terms of the prospect growth that they started when they took over. The that's Vlad, that's Bo, that's Biggio, it's even Lourdes. Um, And then making trades to supplement that wave to Oscar, free agent signings to cement the core uh, the last few off seasons. And then wave two uh, is guys like Groshans, Austin Martin, Alec Manoa, Simeon Woods-Richardson. So the position player wave is here, and I know there's still some to come, but the next wave truly is the pitching wave. And that was what the – front, or that was what the – the the system was bare of, and that was high quality starting pitchers. It wasn't too long ago that we were hoping and praying that Connor Green and Sean Reed Foley would be our top pitching prospects and lead the rotation for years. Wow, look back at that in 2017, and compared to now when we have with Richardson and Manoa and Joey Murray and all these guys, it's it's a remarkable job. It's a well earned contract extension for Ross Atkins, and I don't know how anybody now. Can look back and be like, I wish we still had Alex Anthopoulos because I'm not sure AA would have been able to build this much of a good farm system like these guys have. I'm really not sure. And it, it's nice that all the fans that were complaining about trading away their favorite players from the Anthopolis era are now seeing these guys that they traded for. And the prime example is Julian Merriweather. Uh, from this past weekend. I know a lot of people were pissed off, and I was. Uh, we were. All of us on this podcast were a little upset at the return for Josh Donaldson, but the way it's looked this past few days, i just like, okay, I can move on from that deal now. I think we've won that uh, deal uh, I
0: can point. move on from
1: that. Uh, it's <laughs> looking nice. So uh, it's a well-earned five-year contract extension, and I think we should all be very excited for the next five years of Blue Jays baseball with those two leading the way. And with that... Craig, get out the master sheet. I'll turn it over to get rid of you uh, and uh, take us through uh, the record predictions we had last week. I know I teased that at the beginning of the show, uh, but then also go over our picks to click and then we can we'll all go and pick records, our next then, series. We
0: were we were gonna use the, the record as a tiebreaker, right? Um, is that what we were doing? Or are we doing a point well, each?
1: Whatever you guys want to do. I mean, I'm down to keep track of both and just see who gets it right each time. Two different categories. Well, I'm going to start with
0: thing. our illustrious, illustrious from last week, Ari Shapiro in the guest spot Picked uh, the Danny Jansen <laughs> and a six yep. and I start. I'm sorry to say Ari, the guest spot I think is uh, definitely a fail that. at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's in uh,
1: fourth place out of four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's a crisscross. <laughs> Um, our host this week, Brendan Panikar, had Marcus Simeon with a three and three record. A strange feeling, like my three and three guess is the fact that it was backwards though. <laughs> three wins against the Rangers, three. Yes, <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be one, uh, one
1: and two against the Yankees, and two and one against the Rangers.
0: B E specific, specific, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam Corsair picked Cavan Biggio and had a four two record, and I had Vlad Jr. with a three and three. So other than the fact that we wrote off Ari's picks, guys, um, I'm not going to lie. I feel like out of that group that Marcus Semyon probably had the best week offensively. And honestly, Mm. even his defense was carrying very well.
1: I mean, if you want to give it to me, I'll take it. But at the same time, I do think Vlad definitely deserves some props for the start. He's gotten off to because he's under a lot of pressure. So, Craig, I don't know if you want to. I'm fine. Do you I was, want me to
2: be the tiebreaker? If I was
0: yeah, basing I, it purely I, on offense right now, I would give you, Brendan, that they're on point. But Marcus Semyon made some insane plays at second base this last week. And I think that's where I was leaning in his direction. OK, Adam, you can be the tiebreaker.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I, no, no offense to to Vladdy. I'm gonna go with Simeon <laughs> only because, uh, I feel like th- coming out and we've discussed it at the top of the show. Coming out offensively, he has been the leader of this team. Um, yep. I think he's batted lead off every game. Uh, he's played in, so I I, I think yeah,
0: it, he's been really owned. offensively.
2: Yep, defensively, he's been today. He played short for the first time as a J. Um. He's, he's looked really good, and he's looked calm, and he's uh, an anchor for this team. I'm going to go semi on this
1: one. Thank you. <laughs> um, so with that, um, I will just quickly read off uh, our next series of predictions. Let's start with uh, the, the record over the next homestand. We have uh, four games coming up with the Los Angeles angels. And then we have three games with the New York Yankees. And remember, I'm sure everybody knows they are all in Dunedin. Um, they are in Florida. Um, and challenge. I think it'll be a challenge. I never, I always have hated four game series more so than two game series, because I feel it's so difficult to take three out of four. And with that, um, I've always opted for a split, uh, in terms of my expectation. But, um, uh, I don't know who wants to kick that one off uh, in terms of you guys. Craig, gonna, you go for it.
0: I'm going to give you the one thing that's swaying my judgment, and this was a, uh, a Buck Martinez thing that he said. I don't know if it was handed to him or what during the broadcast or today, but he actually put two and two together that not only are we going to probably have to face Shohei Otani on Sunday, which would be his, you know, yeah. the, the Shohei Otani day but in Angels right. land, right? Because he's going to be this Sunday starter is what <laughs> appears to be the thing. We're going to have to face Garrett Cole on Monday if the rotation for the Yankees holds up the way it's been. Oh. To that's back-to-back days that you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. So at the moment, I want to be optimistic, but um, I I think we take two from the Angels, and then we're going to probably, I'm hoping for one against the Yankees. So that's, again, three and three, right? Six games? Three and four. Three and four. Mm, we played the Yankees really well last time. I wouldn't be upset if we split that. Because we're not going to face obviously Cole every part of that series, <laughs> and we hit we hit Herman pretty good last series. Yeah, I'm going to do two and two, so we'll be four and three at the end of the week. Okay,
2: Adam, I agree. Um, I think we'll we'll take a split against uh, LA. Um, I, again, we don't know how the rotation is going to uh, fare after Saturday, right? Saturday and Sunday, we're not sure. Uh, um, no, is tomorrow. Uh okay, tomorrow's so Stripling. So, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we don't even know. Um, But, look, Yankees have already complained about Dunedin. I don't need to say anything. We already knew about Buffalo last year. Uh, I expect the same, and I expect the delicacies of the visitor locker room to be severely lacking. So, um <laughs> I, I, I think we'll take two against the Angels, and I'm confident that we'll take two against the Yankees. And, look, we've we we been cold. Why can't we do it again in Dunedin? I'm almost at the point where I want to take three against the Yankees, but I'm not going to be that bold. I'll, I'll go a split against the Angels and two against the the Yankees.
1: Yeah, I think I'm right there with you guys. I, w- I kind of want to do something different just to say like five and two or four and three, um, but I, I can't get away from a split this weekend as I kind of teased earlier. That's always my expectation is a split, but at the same time, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to go against that. So two against the Angels, and I will say two against the Yankees as well. I think they play the Yankees all well every single time the last few years. The The Blue Jays have been a, side, a, a thorn in the Yankees side for a while, and you see that on Yankees Twitter. Um, So, yeah, four and three. I think that's a respectable first homestand. It's not ideal. I think he would... A very ideal scenario. Maybe come May, if you have a very similar type of homestand with uh, a four-game series and a three, you hope for five and two and are a little disappointed at four and three. But start with four and three, um, leave for Kansas City and Boston with a winning record, and that would be good. So uh, we're all on the four and three bandwagon. Uh, what about picks to click? Uh, Craig, you led off last time. So, Adam, who is your pick this week?
2: Well, mine kind of suffered. So... Um, <laughs> Even though he's my he's my boy. Um. Oh, I I, I want to say Rowdy because I want to believe in him because he's been pretty bad but I don't want to. I, I, I like winning clicks. So, <laughs>
0: that's the name um, of the game is to win. Right? Yeah. <laughs> let's uh
2: let's go, even though he hasn't been lights out either. Let's go Lourdes. Um I think he's going to be all right when he goes to Dunedin, and I'm going to go Lourdes.
0: All right. All right. Chris there right. with Lourdes. Um, honestly, I'm going to be that guy and ride Randall Grichik. He's going to keep playing. Go. He's going to want to stay hot to eventually solidify what I was uh, preaching earlier in the show. I'm going to back up my preaching. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and
1: actually, I will take the other outfielder that's up for grabs, and that's Teoscar. Uh, his bomb on opening day was one of the most destroyed balls I've seen in a long time. It got me out of my seat, and I think we'll see – Maybe two, maybe three home runs this homestand from Teoscar. Hey. I think it's going to heat up a little bit. So a little ballpark for a state yeah.
0: league. <laughs>
1: exactly. And, the and you head. know what? The, the Angels rotation is it is shaky outside of Otani, so maybe you can
0: take advantage. sign of the prowess that we have seen from Teoscar today apparently he looked a little rough from what I was hearing during the radio feed, and he is now the only Blue Jay that is in double digits in strikeouts already with 10.
1: Mm, that's a worrying trend. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's going to reverse it this weekend, so that's okay. <laughs> I'm hoping you for go. you
0: because I want to see Tao run away with a freaking, uh, you know, top 10 MVP finish like he did last year, or was eleven last year or something like that. Yes, he yeah. He wouldn't have yeah. been a top 10 easy if he actually didn't have the uh, injury at the end of the season, I think. Yeah. Because he was just yeah. on a just ridiculous cliff last year. <laughs> so He may have even come close to top five. And we have a pick on our Blue Jays Twitter from uh, Patrick Quarthorneau. Uh, and uh, says we're going to go 6-1 and one with Rowdy Tellez as his pick. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> there it six is. 6-1. Uh, I mean, I love the optimism, but uh, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm
1: down. I'm down with that.
0: I will say this to his bit. If Rowdy Tellez goes off this week, I think we might actually be 6-1. and one. Just saying. Yeah, that's not, that's not busy, actually. That's I'm writing like, it in be? as the guest pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. If, if,
2: if the Blue Jays go 6-1 and, and Rowdy goes off, And to me, going off as, let's say he gets four at-bats a game, there's seven games. Uh, if he bats 300 over that span, uh let's 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 give him a guest spot on the show <laughs> there it sure. is
0: he yeah. we've already been uh, talking with him a lot tonight and he's been very active and i'm glad to have all the people that have been participating on the twitter feed this night i'm glad you all listened to my call out during my uh quick hits each morning and uh, <laughs> the last yeah. few weeks so it's good to see everybody coming in and out of the twitter feed again so happy opening week everybody for that whole yeah. thing i'm glad to have you <laughs> yeah I know this this episode went a little bit longer, but hey, uh, it's
1: very exciting to have regular season ball back to talk about, Um, and I think it's a testament to the job the three of us have done the last two years. Um, We had a full season in 2019, and last year it was ramp up for spring training, scale back down, and try to find content until a 60-game season came around, um, which was super fun to have that back talk about every week, but now we're going to get it starting now, all the way through to the end of September, and hopefully beyond that. So um, it is good to have real baseball schedules back again, not yes. just sixty games. So and on that note but,
0: too, with the whole three yeah, year, yeah. three year thing, now we have even went a little full circle. Now we're back. You know, we we went away from doing the quick hit things. I started, which was the morning mash. Basically is what I was calling it every morning. And we bought, we went more into the weekly show format, which we've obviously been having a great, wonderful time with here. Now we're doing those too, except for days that we're actually recording this show right so if it's a late game where we're recording this during the game though we're gonna slap that quick hit right on the end of the episode for you so if you want the recap of that i'm just gonna edit it in after the fact and we're gonna be good to go but um it's been hard for me to do that on the weekends everybody so weekdays i definitely will have make sure everybody has a quick hit monday morning when they go to do their commutes each day for a regular everyday work week and other than that when these two have some free time, maybe they'll jump in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. But Mr. Quick hit himself.
1: Keep that up. That's really good stuff. It's good to get that uh, micro content out there for people to listen to on their commutes. But
0: uh, yeah, other so than that,
1: far. this has been a great episode, guys. Uh, I'm excited for uh, the next few days of Blue Jays baseball. And I will say, Adam, I've kind of warmed up to the fact that Saturday games, especially now that Ontario is going back into lockdown and everything shutting down, um, even retail stuff, Stores, it's stay at home order i'm kind of down with saturday night baseball now you got the day to hang out outside and just relax uh at night and turn on the game and watch it i'm kind of down with that now especially Can't when be. it's above zero celsius finally right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean hey uh, i don't know if you guys saw my pictures but i put the tv outside on the back deck and watched sunday's game outdoors yeah, yeah. but there you go anyways boy. It's, uh, it's good to have baseball back. And Blue Jays fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, and we will be back at you next Wednesday to wrap up the uh, homestand. And until then, two claps and a rick player. Do it. Woo! Let's go, Blue
0: Jays. Woo! Let's go, Blue Jays. Blue Jays.